everyone. I'm Natasha Ryan, VP of Communications for the North Group, and it is indeed time to head north. And ladies and gentlemen, it's story time. But I'm not reading you a story. It is a different kind of story time. He just rolled his eyes when he understood what I was saying here. Chris Story's on with me today. Chris, thank you for your service in the Army. I know you've been with Blackwater, Triumph, Patriot Group. Like, kind of give someone a background of all of your achievements career-wise for me here. Well, first off, story time. I hadn't heard that one before. And as you know, on the podcast, uh, Chuck always gives an adjective. So that that one's uh, that one's not new, but it's been a long, long time before I've heard that, uh, since I've heard that. So uh, thank you for that great welcome. You are um, welcome. And then also thank you for, for uh, throwing me in the deep end and, and saying, hey, talk about your least favorite subject, which is, uh, you know, what you've done. So um, <laughs> let's see. So... Uh, I started out in the military a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And uh, I'm not a sci-fi nerd, but that just seemed like it was appropriate. Um, okay. I spent time in the military, uh, uh, you know, 14 years with a, with a break in service. Um, kind of went back in after 9-11. But I got out um, after about 10 or 11 years, and I wanted to be an executive protection agent. So I got into executive protection, did some corporate consulting. And then after 9-11, went back in the military and did some... Um, uh force protection you know you, you kind of go where the where the military uh, wants you to so i did force protection about 30 miles from my house i uh, did that for a while and then uh and then decided to get into the big uh big game and and go contracting so i spent uh four and a half years uh, excuse me three and a half years in iraq and uh, four and a half years in afghanistan um working my way up from anywhere from a you know a right rear to a uh, uh basically the deputy project manager for operations for um, the WPS program, which means I was responsible for about 900 people on the ground and uh, 300 people in the air at any given time, uh, approximately 37 um, PSD teams to include, you know, uh, tactical uh, counter assault, uh, EP teams, low profile teams, you know, et cetera. And then, uh, uh, then I transitioned from that and, and went to Afghanistan and did some um, low profile uh, operations, kind of non-standard uh, uh, security operations for a different government agency, and then got out and went back into the corporate side of things. So I built EP programs. I worked on high net worth residential programs, um, been a corporate security director. So we've got a kind of a varied background in security. And uh, just like the, uh, um, unfortunately, just like the mafia, uh, EP tends to, you know, you know, every time I, I get out of that, uh, uh, it tends to suck me back in. That and training. I don't know why, but but I tend to, to, to do both of those. So the training perspective, I've uh, trained firearms and tactics for about 20 years um, and focused primarily on, um, you know, small unit tactics, uh, small team tactics, um, uh, whether they're urban, uh, rural, uh, and then primarily focused on on executive protection operations. So um, so that's that's me in a nutshell, fairly broad. Uh, background and events. Um, and then now I'm a consultant. Uh, I focus on uh, consulting and protective intelligence, uh, consult for Fortune 500 companies and our protective intelligence. Uh, we focus on small to mid-market companies, folks that don't really have robust intelligence programs. And we we help uh, provide uh, awareness of what's going on outside the perimeter. So, so broad experience, but uh, you know, that's me in a nutshell. All useful, all helpful. Uh, that's why I hope you're so. here. Yes. Um, so I laugh because 
you know, my interactions with you, Chris, you know, initially I'm like, this guy can be pretty stoic. I can't read this dude. And then when you sit next to someone for eight hours at a conference, you're like, oh, we're buddies now. Right. So what is something about you that would surprise someone to learn like some sort of soft spot or something, some hobby that maybe what's something about you? Someone in the industry would go, really? What? Do you have anything well, like that? I'd, I'd like to say like, oh, I like to knit, but um, but but I don't. Right? <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be uh, if I was like a macrame or something like that. Um, <laughs> let's see. So I think you know people know us uh, a little bit more about my personal side. I think from the podcast, right? Because you know, you know, uh, uh, conversation culture section podcast, and I think I leak Good a little podcast, bit of my you know sense of humor on that. You know, I have a very dry sense of humor. Um, I think it's kind of hard to say because Chuck kind of outs me on a bunch of those things, right? Like, like being a book nerd or, or whatever. Yeah. I, I think, I think recently I've been doing, I think that people would kind of maybe um, go, Oh, really? I, I've been doing a lot of like personal growth as of late, you know, trying to uh, focus on, you know, I think we talked before the show, it's like, you only have so much time, right? Or time and money. Right. So, yeah. so just focusing on like how to make the best use of my time uh, with family and kind of tra- transitioning away from like me focusing on doing all the things and, and being the person to helping other help working on myself to be the best, you know, insert adjective, uh, insert noun here that, that you can. And then, um, and kind of s- taking it a step away and helping other people be better at what, whatever it is that they're doing. And I think, I think for the most part, you know, if people would go, yeah, I don't, I don't see him. Like you said, uh, I've, I'm not really, I don't really look that approachable, right? I look like I'll probably choke yeah. the crap out of anybody who yeah. asks me a question, yeah. which is which is not the case. So I think I think that's be the biggest surprise that people are like, oh no, he's he's approachable, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's the secret. Yeah. I am approachable. How about that? Yeah, personal growth and you, you uh, and I am approachable. You can come up and say hi, and you might exactly. get a smile. How about that? E- exactly, the industry <laughs> smiler, as uh, as Lee Otten says. <laughs> I love Lee. He can bring out the best in anybody. I will say that about Lee. I love him to death. Okay. So let's jump into this, you know, first out of the gate, you know, what, you know, you have such a defined role within the EP community. Um, For those of you who don't know, Chris is a big part of the International Protective Security Board, um, the Close Protection Conference. He helps put that on every year. Um, What is something that you want to see change over the next year in the security industry? We're going to start off with the softball mm. question here. Like, what's something you want that, to see? <laughs> I don't That's not a softball question. I think it's, I think it's a great question because I think uh, it, you know, puts me on the spot, right? So, uh, so you mentioned IPSB. So, so, you know, I'm not speaking on behalf of the IPSB, but I think, I think I would be, um, it wouldn't be very genuine if I said that, that, I, that my, my opinion that I would share here wouldn't be shared at the board but, I, sure. but I'm not speaking for them, if that makes sense. So, so I think the piece that that I really want to see in the industry is us to get out of this um, this basic uh, churn of we do the lowest level possible and and pat ourselves on the back for being awesome, right? Um, I really want us to see. I want to see us um, have more in, investment in our profession. In other words, you know, what can I do to to be as good as possible rather than the lens of um, uh, the industry is awesome because I'm in it. 
right? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that we've talked about, you know, we, we do a, a Monday night talk uh, on, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, whatever that radio platform is, we're going to transition to LinkedIn, I think. But we do a Monday night talk. And one of the things we talk about is, you know, how do you know, right? How do you know you're good at what you do? You know, because you get home safely, does that make, make sure, does that mean that you were good at what you did? You know, your, your principal got home safely, you know, years and years before you showed up. So so why does that make, make you any better uh, or make them any better because you're there? Um, and the other piece that we talk is pressure tested, you know, are you pressure tested? Like, how do you know that you're going to you're going to do well in this in this um, in an adverse environment? Right. How do you know that your decision making is 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 sound? And the reason that we say this and we, you know, we talked about standards before uh, the show is um, there is no standard, right? There is no pressure test. It's just you going, cool, I'm awesome, or I'm gonna be a protector, uh, throw a couple photos up about your EDC, and then everybody thinks you're amazing. And 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 you tell them you are, and so therefore you, that's the direction you're headed. I think that piece is that, you know, we have to be pressure tested. We have to be, um, we have to, to, to work at perfecting our craft. And we've got to get out of this uh, this basic training model where that's the only, if you look in, in the industry, that's the only basic, basic EP training is the only, is for the most part, the only training available to protectors. After that, you're reliant on whatever you did or something that's, you know, that you think is cool. Usually that's you dressing up as a cosplayer with your, um, you know, your helmet and your, you're all jocked up, like you're getting ready to go hit a freaking, yeah. uh, hit a bank, you know? And, and yeah. that's just not how we work. So, so again, it's this, it's this fallacy of what we want it to be versus what it is and us not embracing what it is and being really, really good at, at those basics. So it sounds like to me that you are 100% in favor of a standard within the EP industry. So let's oh, get into this. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, there are different, see, you know, we talked about this. There seems to be, whether it's perceived or real, a contentious battle um, on who's going to create the standard and why, right? So I want to I want to talk about this out of the gate. You know what? Where do you want to see the standards over the next ten years? Like, what do you think needs to happen to create that standard to make sure that people are in fact good at their job? So, I think the biggest reason for the standard is a couple things: disparity in skill sets and disparity in pay. That's number one. The reason for that is, is because, because then you get disparity in delivery, right? Which is not fair to anybody involved. It's not fair to your client. It's not fair to the protector. It's not fair to the provider. Um, and and, and I, I get it, the world isn't fair, but from a business perspective, if I've got 30 years of experience conducting executive protection, doing executive protection operations, protective intelligence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why should I get the same rate of pay as somebody who, get, you know, cause it's a daily rate or an hourly rate or whatever. Right. We're starting to see the transition right. hourly rates, right? So there's a disparity in experience. So you walk on and immediately you're, you're getting the same, you know, essentially they, here's the, here's what the pay rate is. You can accept it or not. That's number one. Number two is the same thing from a client perspective. Why are you billing the same rate for somebody from my experience, for somebody who just showed up on Thursday? And that has nothing to do. We all started someplace in some way, in some shape or some sure. form. No. But yeah. if you're being given the same, I mean, I'm pretty sure they don't do that with doctors. Right? I'm pretty sure they don't do that 
almost anywhere on the planet other than <laughs> the EP space, right? So, so again, or day laborers, right? So again, that would be one of the, a reason for that is that so that we can go, what am I getting? What am I paying for? The client knows what they're paying for because you have a standard. I, I used to tongue in cheek um, kind of align it with, um, what is it? The, uh, the uh, what was it? The, the assassin's bodyguard or whatever it was um, with uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, what's oh. his name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, whatever, yes. whatever, whatever the name of the movie was, but, but yes, yeah, I remember. Was a, yes. yeah, he was a triple A rated protector. Right. So, yes. so from him, you know, it was a thing that was made up from him, whatever, but, but at the end of the day, tongue in cheek, it makes sense. Right. If you have somebody right. who has all those skill sets and then you only have somebody who has, who's a rated, then why am I paying the same rate for those two people, those, those different disparate skill sure. sets. So I always look at it as if, if you use that as a model, you have one, a two, a three, a, then you have a manager. If I need a, a, a protector in Florida and I have a, have a bill rate, why do I, if I go, hey, uh, Natasha, I need two level A or level two protectors, right? Here's what the rate is and here's what the bill rate is. We all understand what's going on. We all understand what's needed. Now, as if I'm, if I'm a level four, I can opt to do that level two work for that pay rate. But, but I understand what I'm gonna get across the board, right? If I, wh what do we hear? in our space. What everybody leads with is what they used to do, not what they do now. Everybody goes, hey, what did you do? Uh, uh, where are you yeah. coming from? Well, I was a ranger. Yeah, I was a ranger like freaking 20 years ago, right? Yeah. Or I was yeah. a SEAL or I was this, I was at, what do you do now? I'm a protector. So so people kind of need a, 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 a need that for whatever it is that, that uh, self-validation to say, or external validation to say, hey, you're really good at what you do. So here's your, you're a level three. But, but it also helps us get, that also helps us understand what skills do I need at level one, level two, level three, level four. So from a professional development standpoint, you can articulate what you bring to the table rather than, well, I used to be a SWAT cop or a, I was in the Navy or the Coast Guard or whatever the case is. So I think just bringing structure to, um, uh, from a standards perspective, allows us across the board as an industry to articulate professional development, bill rates, pay rates, you know, uh, benefits, all of those things across the board. And I think having a standard um, will help us do that. And it'll also help us translate from state to state what your capabilities are. Now, uh, talking about those standards, um, the, you, the standard will be separate from the requirement, right? Um, we've had folks that say, hey, we're going to get the standards. We're going to lobby each each state to have a separate standard. That, that doesn't make sense. We, we need to have an industry standard and then which is separate from your your uh, state legislated uh, requirements for, for providing security. And that way you, you won't have to worry about, you know, obviously if I, if I need somebody in Florida, they'll meet those state requirements, but they'll also meet the standard of the people I need. I need a ninja and a cook and a whatever, and a level two yeah. protector, and then you're able to, 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 to align those appropriately. You know, there are thousands of EP schools. So should we standardize the training? So, Look, at the Where end of the day, stop and you know what I mean? Like, what do we, how do we handle all no, of this? So, so I want to, I want to, so words have meaning, right? So I would say there's a difference between standardization, which means everything is the same yeah. and standards, which means a measurement of performance, right? So, okay. so 
the EP school is not like nobody's going to do EP suddenly backwards. And then it's going to be like some revolutionary change, right? EP schools are, are, are focused on models. And that part of that model is to put butts in seats, right? Which is why you do the three car motorcade or four car motorcade. So it, it keeps everybody involved. But yeah. the likelihood of you rolling, rolling a four car motorcade is very low unless you're two two car motorcades with two principles together and you need to figure it out. So, so really you need to understand what we need to understand from a, a school perspective is what do I need to know as a basic function to do my job? And then how do I deliver that? And that's the difference in, in schools. You know, I've been an instructor for some of the top schools in the nation, um, uh, develop programs for governments and, uh, uh, you know, corporate entities. Nobody's going to teach EP any, the basics any differently. It's delivery and then it's uh, reps in execution. And then what, what are you being taught that's valid for now? If you go to, a, if you go to an EP school and they're teaching a three-car motorcade, I'm not sure. I don't know of anybody who's doing a three-car motorcade. It doesn't mean you don't need to know it, but if they're doing that all the time, the, you, you need to be able to understand that that's probably, you're probably not going to see that, you know? Um, so again, I, I, they don't need to be standardized. My thought process would be um, if I'm going to a school and they have a standard, again, we laugh about this, uh, a Simpsons um, episode was, uh, hey, your check passed, Congratulate, congratulations, you're a bodyguard or your check cleared, right? So, yeah. so you know, we should have, a, there should be a, a, a written test, right? There should be a performance-based test and and you should get graded on that and get feedback. Um, that that would be that would say, hey, you, we've met a certain certain standard. Standardization would be we've got standard language that we use so that we can we all understand what we're talking about. You know, is it a chase? Is it a follow? Is it a freaking trail? You know, what is it? And and what do those mean? Um, it doesn't mean that we can't have different. Um, uh, labels for for different tools, but but we should also have an understanding of what they all mean, right? What you might hear. So that model might look like I go to EP school A, and at the end they have a standards test that said you want to take the standard, or you want to take the test that says, hey, you know, this is delivered by this um, you know body, and then you get that certification that said I met this standard. If that makes sense. Um, yes. uh, some some schools do it right now where you meet the regulation. I think I think it's for the Virginia DCJS is that when you take their test, that test is equivalent to that regulation, which allows you to to work as a guard in that state. And so that test is is twofold, which is why um, people say the DCJS standard. I think that's in Virginia. Does that make so sense? Yes. But walk me through this, because as we all yeah. know, like my backgrounds in TV news, not security. So walk me through this. So. The standard gets written. People meet this standard. How is that going to affect business, right? Is this standard now going to be the bar setter for I'm a setter, yeah, bar setter for a client? And they're not going to hire an EP agent unless they've met this standard. Is that how you envision this going forward? Well, no. Okay. Because it, because because it, it has to be it, you know it has to be accepted right so so you bring up a great point is that the most important part to all of this is the customer right 
like the most yes. important part because you can just create One chris's percent. standard of awesomeness and if nobody recognizes it or nobody recognizes that it's a, there's a difference in that than anything else then it's just a it's worthless right so when somebody yeah. says you're a certified protective agent great certified by who right because because like steve like who's steve i don't even know who that guy is right so it doesn't matter right so where it really matters is if the standard is recognized by the customer so if the customer says here are our requirements this is what we need now and this is what we're looking for in the future and then we can train to that standard right and then the training uh schools you know of the you know hundreds of them in the in the space they say okay great we're we're training you to this standard that's supported by the client well now as a provider i can say hey mr client we you know, all of our people meet this standard right which means here's how they're trained which means uh our you know level one level two level three this is what they know so instead of me selling you 10 you know people at x i'm going to sell you five at this lower rate three at this higher rate and one at, and two at this never do math in public two two at this uh, much higher rate which gives you much better value for what you're what you're getting right or what you would be paying yeah. for right at what you need but the customer has to be able to understand the difference in that and the customer has to be able to understand what that what that variation is otherwise the standard won't mean anything to anybody but us and talking about authoring the standards for those of you who are not aware of this like there's been some as we kind of brought up early there's there's been some a little bit of a argument over who should write the standard right so we have the ANSI standard that the BEPP, the Board of Executive Protection Professionals, is writing. And then we have a mm -hmm. standard that ASIS is writing. How mm -hmm. do you view the difference in those? And should we be collaborative? Chris Story. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so I think there's this thought process in the space that that so you've got a couple different bodies, right? You've got CPLC, which is which represents the clients, right? That's yeah. a corporate uh uh corporate executive protection leadership or leaders, you know, whatever. And then yeah. you've got the IPSB, International Protective Security Board. Then you've got the BEP squared, like you just talked about. Then you've got as is and the as is EP community. Each of them have a different piece or as Chuck would say, slice of the pie. Uh, and they represent a different entity, right? So CPLC represents customer, IPSB represents international uh, protectors. Uh, BEP squared is, is, is a, uh, 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 focusing on American or an American standard, right? As is is focusing on the individual standard. So collectively, they're 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 um, working together. And I think that the only thing thus far, because BP Square is fairly new, is um, those other entities all have cross representation, right? So there's people that are on different working groups that are saying, hey, well, this is what these people are doing over here. Let's make sure we're aligned. So it's kind of it's kind of uh, it, it is working together. It's not siloed. It's not competitive. Um, it's not contentious in any way. Everybody wants uh, the industries to be successful. We just have different lenses of how we approach those things. And I think that was that, that piece in the how from a training perspective is, you know, how matters, right? So some people will te teach you what to do at the basic EP level. And then once you move on, you should be taught how to think because you are gonna apply what to think to that to that how in that context. So across the board is how do we get that standard applied? What does that look like and how do we adopt it? I think one of the biggest pieces of contention has always been for, for people is, who are you to tell me what my standard should be, right? Which is which is the truth, right? Like, um, 
It's a fair question. Like everybody says that, right? Exactly. So when we look at it being collective and, and you look at the standards, anybody who's involved is, is listed in that authoring. And then there's, then there's, there's a, a, like a peer group and peer body that, that reviews it to say, Hey, what does this look like? Um, it's not just Chris, it's not just world according to Chris and Natasha and everybody else can suck it. It's, it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of work and working groups that go into this. I think that one of the things that, that having that diverse, those diverse looks uh, make sense with is, is, and I think collectively we should all look at it together and have a representation of everybody, but each of these bodies has their own lens and their own view and their own um, culture, right? So that's why when you share it cross culture, you get a different perspective. And I think as we work together to define the standard, because everybody's on the same page, everybody says, yes, we need a standard. standard. The, the yeah. sticking point is what does it look like and who is, who is going to be the, the people that, that drive that? Well, like I said, the customer has to be involved because they're the ones that receive it. And to be quite, quite frank, most customers aren't educated on what, what EP does or is, right? Everybody goes, yeah, I know what you do. It's exactly like the secret service. And, right. and the people in the secret service go, yep, absolutely right. And then people in the commercial space go, absolutely not, because we don't have all those assets and resources. So again, right. if we have those, those disagreements and lenses, bringing those to the table and saying, look, what does a commercial standard look like versus what is the standard that, um, that most schools use now, which was derived from either Department of State or, um, uh, Secret Service. So I, it, we're an ex, it, it's an exciting space. It's an exciting time. It can seem contentious because of you know people have views of what what right looks like. Um, I think if as I think the end result will be helpful. I think the as we look at those entry level folks, they're like, cool. What do I need to know? So it doesn't really impact them, right? People who are mid level are like, hey, what do I need to know? There's something missing. The people that are coming in maybe don't know what I need them to know, and I want to know more as I move further in my career, right? Yeah. And then there's those of us who are on the other end, where, um, you know, you're kind of like, okay, I need, you know, I'm in a leadership position now. You know, how do how do we help people get to where they need to be? But the ego, I don't want to be challenged to a standard. I've been here. I shouldn't have to be held to a standard because I'm me. Well, those of us that are in that are are going to be. Get pushed out to pasture, you know, you know, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be graduated or somebody will give you a grandfather or whatever. Like, look, you're not running, you're not standing post. So you don't have to meet that. You should meet a management requirement and have an understand fundamental knowledge of the, of the industry, but you probably don't have to meet that standard because you're not in that role. And I think that's where there's a lot of friction. People like, well, what if I can't meet it? And they're worried. That's what they're worried about. I would say, let's look at, at what it comes out to be. Um, nobody's going to say you need to bench, you know, 600 pounds and, and squat, you know, 800 or whatever the case is. It's going to be, right. you know, we all fear the unknown and we fear that some, some guy's going to, or gal is going to make, make us do something we don't want to do. I, th- I think that everything that I've seen thus far is extremely reasonable. It gets us all to a better place and it holds us accountable to, to the profession that we love. And when you say what you've seen so far, so full disclosure, right? Like I was the vice chair of the Puget Sound chapter for as is here in the Seattle area. I helped Mm -hmm. MC the IPSV conference and now I'm helping out with BEPP. So I've had 
I've had exposure to every industry organization in this, like kind of almost every one of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can mm -hmm. collectively see good from each organization and you only know what you know. So I know mm -hmm. the BEPP has 180 plus people working on those standards. Help paint the picture of what it looks like in the, or the other organizations. Who's coming to the table? Who's writing those standards? Uh, well, chat GTP, actually. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> look, the look on your face was like, what? <laughs> yeah, see, smarter, not harder. No, um, no. So, you know, as is has an EP community that's been working on it. And I think uh, it's actually in conjunction with uh, uh, University of Nebraska. Um, okay. uh, they're working on that. Uh, IPSB is a part of that. Um, uh, I think CEPLC representatives are a part of that. Right. So so you've got people that are, are hold different hats and and, you know, have to look at it from a different lens from, from the organizations that they represent. But there's a lot of folks in the community that are that are, are putting things you know together. So the university kind of sets the framework, if that makes sense. That, hey, this is what you what you need to be able to execute it and supported by by um, educational institution. And then yeah. that you're supported also by those those other institutions. So. So from what I uh, recall, I don't re represent as is, but we've been on panels and boards and et cetera yeah. with them is that, again, they're focused on the individual standards. So what does the individual need to know from a requirement standpoint um, for this role? In other words, for you to be a level one protector, what do you need to know, right? Um, what, what do you, you know, like Chuck would say, be, no, do. What do you need to be? What do you need to know? And what do you need to do? Great example. And then from there, um, it doesn't tell you how to do it. It tells you what you need to do in, in that role, if that makes sense. Um, so what you see is, is like, for example, you said 180 uh, uh, contributors from BP squared. I think there were probably 60 or 70 from, from some of the other places, you know, in each of the other groups, yeah. they put their, you know, you task people to do different roles and guidance. And then you go through and you go, okay, great. This is written from a different perspective. Like uh, even perspective, like first person versus second person versus third person. So how do we yeah. get one language out of this? And then it goes sure. through multiple reviews to go, what did we miss? Is this too biased? Is it, you know, is it, is it, you know, too, is it too high level or too low level? And then you, then you, then you go from there. And I know that like, I'm such a big fan of group think. I encourage that right in my position in my leadership role with, you know, like I love to hear everyone's perspectives because I think it just lends to a better product in the end, right? So do you feel there's enough cross pollinating, if you will, between the groups writing the standards? Like, are you someone that's on the side of like IPSB interacting with ASIS? Are you then going to BEPP and, and contribute on that? Is anyone from BEP coming to ASIS and contributing over there? Like, are we cross-pollinating? Are we keeping it pretty separate right now? No, I think we're, so I think as people, so first off, I think it's it's er, early days to, um, because all of those different entities are working on a different portion, not portion of the standard, but a portion, a different alignment, right? So an individual standard okay. that feeds to a industry standard that feeds into an international standard, if that makes sense. Okay. So everybody's yeah. kind of coming up with their foundations of what that looks like. At some point, they'll, they'll, they they don't have to cross pollinate, but they should. And so I would say, uh, I would say, uh, challenge the group think thought to 
you know, because groupthink is used. I, I know what you're saying. You're saying is like, yeah, how do we use the collective, right? The collaborative, collective, yeah. collaborative it's approach. It's for the right. greater good that right. we all talk about everything and come to right. some sort of like agreed standard, right? So, so we're there, I think, in most of the organizations because there's been a foundation, right? BP squared is, is fairly new and they, they've, they've kind of put their stake in the sand on ANSI and nobody really knows what that looks like as of yet. So once they have like a draft or something that, that they're willing to share and say, okay, great, here's where we're going. Here's, here's what that looks like. Um, what do you guys, what do you guys think about it? Um, I, I think that that's the, that's a sticking point because I think the other three organizations have kind of done so at least, you know, um, unofficially, like, like there's MOUs between the organizations, right? Because they're, they're separate entities. So, so, right. you know, and, and they're established entities, so they can't just go like, yeah, cool. You know, if, if somebody speaks on behalf of that and they give a, they give an approval, then that organization is approving that. So again, there's agreements that have to be, you know, um, um, uh, discuss between the bodies and then there's got to be, you know, um, understanding and, and, and then at the end of the day, everybody wants to move forward, but these bodies have to, have to, have to work together in order to, to, um, to all be successful. And I think they all want to retain their identities as well. Right. Which is why everybody's yeah. kind of focusing on those different, different areas. Sure. So I, look at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to be that far off. Right. Unless, you know, like, Hey, you went left and you should have gone right to the standard. At the end of the day, the standard says, how do we measure our performance? Right. Um, yeah. It shouldn't be there to uh, uh, disparage somebody. It should be there as a, as a guideline for performance for us to measure ourselves against. And, you know, now, you know, it's, it's going to be less subjective, you know, when you're getting a review. Because right now it's it's you know, unfortunately it's the blind leading the blind, right? Uh, people think that law enforcement equals security, and it doesn't. So you can get a guy that was a police chief or whatever, uh, or a detective or lieutenant, whatever, and, and him be your your uh, you know corporate security director, and he has no idea what EP is about, or has no idea really what security is about. But the person who hired him equated law enforcement to security, right? So. So either he's going to do one of two things, he or she's going to do one of two things. They're going to go, hey, I have no idea what's going on. Can you guys make me smart? And can you help me get up to speed and tell me what you do? Because I don't know how to tell, I don't know how to, to tell if you know what you're doing or not, right? Yeah. Or yeah. they can do like we see a lot is I'm just going to make this place like the last place it was. And they hire a bunch of former law enforcement. Then it just becomes a prior, it becomes a private law enforcement, you know, entity, right? And, that, and that's that's what we see a lot in the in the space because it, uh, our comfort zone is where we've where we've been and what we've done. Uh, lack of comfort is if I don't know what's going on, I can't control it. Um, I'm going to look bad. So uh, I think that overall the standard is going to be very positive. It's going to help people help educate people on what they're what they're getting, uh, what they're paying for, and and more importantly, the value that protectors bring uh, to the table. And it's going to help with professional development. What do I do? You know, not only it'll help. If you get if you get the level one standard, whatever that is, I'm just arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. You'll be able to articulate what you do to other people. You'll be able, here's right. a list of, of things that I that I do, and here's what I did, and here's what I did it for. Right? That's valuable. Right now, nobody knows what to, what to say. I protected yeah. J Lo or whatever. Right? Like, what does that right. even mean? You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's an exciting time. I think people are looking forward to it. Um, 
you know, again, usually the, the detractors are, who are you to tell me what I should be doing? And then the other piece is um, those who fear this, that they won't be able to make the standard. But I don't, it's not going to be a low ball. I think it's going to be challenging. I'm looking forward to testing myself to uh, against it, you know? Um, yeah. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be excellent for the industry uh, moving forward. Listen, challenge, growth, that's all part of it, right? That's how we make ourselves better. The industry oh, yeah. better. And yeah. I love that you're fully on board as I think most people are to collaborate. Like I love hearing that the organizations are open. And I think, you know, if, if everyone could get those docs in place and start collectively thinking, I think it would get done a lot faster. So I, I love that. Bring it to Chris Story, everyone. Bring all of your ideas to Chris Story. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think people think it's contentious and it's really not. I think, I think you know, look, everybody wants us to get to a better place, you know, yeah. and some people yeah. are frustrated at how that looks like or what that looks like. I think once we get rid of the, you know, look, we're going to, we're going to get to a, a better place, which will cause us bigger problems, right? Because that's how it works, right? You you deal with yeah. more mature problems once you've once you've become more mature. So once we get there, then we'll come up with other other things to deal with. And I think we just have to get through this. Uh, we've got to learn to trust um, each other's judgment. We also have to look to we have to learn to understand perspective. Like I think the thing that I bring a lot of value in is that I've had a very diverse um, background in most, if not all of the segments of executive protection, right? Um, I've consulted on, on house of worship. I've, I haven't worked with a celebrity, but I've done, I've done celebrity events. I've done events. I've done corporate. I've done PSD. I've built government programs and training, right? So, yeah. so I think one of the things that is excellent about each of these entities is that it takes away the positional authority and it just gives somebody's contribution from a perspective, right? You want to, you know, you have a external thought process, right? You're in the industry, but but you're not a practitioner. If you review right. it and you give an overview, you you can ask questions that nobody else is gonna is gonna ask because wow. they don't look at it through that lens. So I think once yeah. we get past that phase, and we really look at it and go, great, you're a subject matter expert in this piece, but it doesn't apply to corporate or it doesn't apply to government doesn't like how do we find that middle that middle uh area that applies across the board and then we adopt that and accept it boom and then we move on right because it gets us to a better place so that part's going to be exciting and it's going to be a, uh, exciting to have people like you who are in the industry um but don't but aren't the the people that are working in it right like uh, uh, as yeah. a protector for you to get, give your perspective and go that doesn't make any sense to me or i don't understand that or yes that actually does make sense um, uh, and I know why you're doing it. Yeah. And I promise to ask a lot of questions if anyone else. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm That's sure you nature. will. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So yeah. let's, let's switch topics here because we all know the, um, the illustrious social media platforms and the dangers that can correlate. And I'm just curious what you think about, you know, EP agents posting on social media with their headshots and client-based work, like where is the line? Where should it not be crossed? Yeah, that, that's a hard one because people want to be, you know, social media is an outlet, right? If if you if you if you aren't if you don't have a presence, you're you know the thought process is that you don't really exist at times. Yeah. Um, however, 
the chosen role in our profession is discretion. That, that's a part of it, right? So we have to be discreet at what we do. And if, and if you know, Elijah, for example, Elijah Shaw, I thought he did a really, really good job because when he was posting all of his things with, uh, with Usher, he had his client's permission and it was, yeah. that was, that was okay. Right. In this case, it's that vague booking where you're like, just finished up a job. Can't tell you where I'm at, but then you freaking highlight whatever it is with some celebrities behind you. Right. That, yeah. That's not, that's not helpful. Right. Right. Um, right. So it's gotta be tasteful. Um, it should be after the fact and you should have your client's permission. If you're, if you're doing that, the other thing is, is like, do I really give two shits if you're on a freaking private aircraft? You know, I, I don't, right? You don't. do, which is a which is a thing because because here's the deal. I know you're not paying for it, so who cares? Right. You know? yeah. Like if you're paying yeah. for it, then I'm gonna be impressed. But at the end of the day, you're no different than the luggage, right? You're just a you're just a required accessory. Nobody said, I gotta have you. They said, I gotta have a guy or a gal, and this is where we're going. So if you're on the tour bus, like Eric Uch tends to be at times, that's cool because he's like, I'm on a bus, you know, which is awesome, right? But yeah. again, it's that ego piece, right? And so we've really got to yeah. be careful because, because first off, you know, hiring managers are looking at that as well. Like, are you going to be discreet with my client? You know, um, are you going to be discreet when we go, you know, how do you manage your social media? You know, um, I think that's, that's, that's a consideration. So I think it's, I think it'd be done tastefully. I think it'd be done well. I think it could be done without you highlighting your principal um, or where you're at. I think that you can do all of those things. I just think that, that when you cross the line into either principal assets, um, you know, tail numbers, uh, even some of the, you know, um, just the planes and all, all that stupid shit, it, it just gets old. And it's like, okay, let's grow up and let's move on. You know, I know it's yeah. new to you and that's cute, but, but, you know, we've all been there and done that. Let's, uh, let, let's move on. It's the same, same thing with, um, went to the range and they're all jocked up looking like they're getting ready to, to freaking hit a crack house. Um, <laughs> that's not, that's not, that's not the job. If you want to impress me, show up to the range in a, in a sport coat, right? An old sport coat and, and work how train, how you're going to, to, uh, that you're expecting to, to fight within your, within your role. I don't have any issues with somebody expanding that or, or learning to do anything at night or under nods or whatever. Right. But if that's all you show and that's all you do, you're, you're, you're just playing Walter Mitty from, from my perspective. Chris, and if you don't know who Walter Mitty is, look at, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It has been my pleasure. You coming on time to head North. I appreciate your candor, just throwing it out there, being honest. And, uh, I look forward to more conversations. Um, tell people how they can watch your podcast or listen, I should say. Mm. Well, first off, I want to thank you very much for, for having me on. I, I enjoy the conversation and uh, um, I'm honored to be a guest. I know you guys are doing great things up there. So thank you so much. Um, thank you. Let's see. Uh, the easiest place to find us is uh, on, um, uh, what is it? Apple, iTunes, iTunes and uh uh, conversation close protection, uh, Chuck Randolph and I, we, we've been trying to put, we try to do it like, uh, four times a, a month, but, uh, we've been, we've been slacking as of late, but we got some fantastic guests on there. It's not about us. It's about the guests. 
And it's uh, we it really just highlights the fantastic people that are in the industry and that we're lucky to be. And a lot of them are unknown, right? But we're just lucky to be yeah. um, be able to talk to them and about about what they do. Uh, and then I'm easily found on LinkedIn um, and uh, any other place that uh, you just look for Chris Story. But you can't look for Story Time because that's uh, somebody else has that. <laughs> Dang it! That would have been good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every time we talk, that's now the thing. I'm going to be like, it's story time. And you're going to get so annoyed. Um, and I'm going to be like, ugh. <laughs> ugh. The roll of the eyes. Okay. Well, exactly. listen, thank you so much. I love your podcast. I've had the honor of being uh, a guest on it and just enjoy both of you, you and Chuck. So if you want to hear more of our yeah. podcast, Time to Head North, visit our website, tngdefense.com. Check out iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And until next time, thanks to all of you for listening, maybe watching. And again, thanks to Chris for being a guest. So have a wonderful day and go out there and do good. Thanks everyone.